Jonathan India returned to bat, not leadoff? Why he may be the kind of bat that provides the Reds with value no matter where he's slotted. Also, Steve and I believe there should be a line when it comes to pitching. Where that line is and what should happen if it's crossed are all coming up on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. And yes, we still have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. Jeff and I have been covering the Reds individually in podcast form for over four years apiece. We have taken our passion for baseball and this team, and we have turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, Jeff and I are going to talk about Jonathan India's bat. We're going to discuss the prospect pipeline down in the minor leagues and our frustrations with the pitching, among other things today. But let's start with something good, Jeffrey. Let's talk about Jonathan India's bat and the signs that it's showing of getting back to and maybe even surpassing what it was in his rookie of the year season. Yeah, that was huge for him to return yesterday to the lineup and crack a homer, not just a homer, but an oppo taco type homer going back to back with Jake Fraley. And really there for a moment, I thought that the Reds had something, but of course the pitching, which we'll get to, uh, made sure that that didn't happen. But overall, Jonathan India's approach at the plate looks a lot more confident. You see him digging in, you see him seen the pitches and that was something that early on this season I just couldn't say and I'm happy to see that it's back you know for me Jeff Jonathan India is his most dangerous when he's hitting the ball to all fields when he shows you that opposite field power when he prevents the de- the defense from making you know overshifts and adjustments that prevent him from doing his thing uh, if he can be that guy consistently, I also like the idea of not always batting him in the leadoff position, especially if you've got a righty on the mound where you can put a guy who's hot, like Jake Fraley is hot right now, ahead of him uh, so that when he hits, there's guys on base. There's opportunities to drive in runs. There's opportunities for him to be uh, a Tony Perez type guy and deliver the clutch RBI hits for this team. Uh, you know, that will allow Jonathan India's game to just continue to grow and be more than just a leadoff guy, more than just a slap hitter, more than just somebody at the top. If you can utilize him throughout the lineup, I think it really expands his value and it really expands the things he can do on the baseball field. Well, you mentioned Tony Perez, but I was also thinking Brandon Phillips, like Brandon Phillips hit wherever they put him. And he did a good job of slotting into whatever role they needed. If he was hitting fourth, he brought the dudes in. If he was hitting leadoff, he got on base. And I know that there's probably going to be some people that quote some certain statistic that it doesn't work, but there are guys ready to fight you right now that are listening because you put those two names together. Yeah. (laughs) I loved it, man. And I think that India can provide that. Although I I kind of look at it like what you said, like, sure, if you got a hot bat, if you got the kind of guy that you can make a good argument for hitting leadoff instead of India, sure, move India around. But if you don't have that, don't put a square peg into a round hole. 
Don't force him out of leadoff spot just because you want to move him around because Jonathan India is still the best leadoff hitter consistently on this lineup. But you're right. If you've got a hot hand like Jake Fraley, and Jake Fraley is so friggin' hot. I, I mean, I tweeted it out, but I'm pretty sure it's true. You cannot stop him right now. You can only hope to contain him. So, yes, bat him lead off and give him as many at-bats as possible and see where Jonathan India can do some work in the rest of the lineup. But on a consistent basis, I still think he's the best Reds leadoff hitter. That's probably true uh, over the course of an entire season. I, I do like the the thought that, you know, Jonathan India's game is still evolving and who Jonathan India is going to be for a career and who he's going to be even a couple seasons from now is probably not necessarily the guy that we have right now playing. He's going to continue to evolve his game a little bit. And I think the direction I see him going and, and this is, this is one of those rare times where we get to do a little bit of an eyeball test. Uh, this is not based on analytics. This is not based on what some number is telling me, just watching him play the game. Uh, if he can continue to trend in the direction he's going, I think he could be a very dangerous two, three hitter. I could mm -hmm. see him dropping down as far as three to give a couple guys uh, in the lineup an opportunity to get on base for him to drive them in. I think he can be that kind of guy. I don't think he's going to be a four hole hitter. I think we're going to have a big bopper that would come into the lineup behind a Jonathan India, but I can definitely see him being a three hole type hitter in a season or two. Yeah. You've got guys like, Spencer Steer, and, and even looking past him, you've got Alan Serta coming up. Some guys who really could slot into the fourth spot if they continue to develop like we hope they can. And I think those guys are going to slot in nicely. But I also wonder, too, if second base is where he's going to stick moving forward. I think that they could consider moving him to third. But again, that's, that's stuff that's in the future and kind of harder to see at this moment. Like you said, I test right now. He looks like a dude who has multiple uses for this Reds lineup. Speaking of the Reds lineup, we're happy with Jonathan India. There's a guy though that we're not very happy with because he continues to be the same guy that he has been ever since he got called up and Pitchers figured out who he was a long time ago, and he has yet to adjust, and that is our man in right field, Aristides Aquino. I want to tell you something, Jeff. You know, we have we have gone back and forth pretty much ad nauseum about the opportunities that Aristides Aquino has gotten in this lineup, the things that are wrong with his swing, not being able to understand why it hasn't gotten any better, not being able to understand why he's still just hacking at the low and away breaking pitch. Uh, there's a lot of things going on with him that have not made sense. And then yesterday on the TV broadcast, a Reds legend painted a picture for us that I think if we – you know, it's not a big jump. We have to kind of go along with what the thought process was when it was said, but Eric Davis was in the booth with Barry Larkin and John Sadak yesterday. And what he said when discussing Aristides Aquino was he's never been willing to change. Now, you know, I tweeted out that quote with uh, a picture of Aquino kind of doing a, a hat nod and, and saying, wow, you know, it's kind of unreal. And our good buddy over at redsminorleagues.com, Doug Gray, pounced on it right away. And was like, that's kind of weird because he's changed his stance and he's done things at least two or three times. And, and I, I really kind of took a step back and tried to process that because Doug is right. We've seen Aquino change his batting stance. We've seen Aquino do some things. And I thought, well, maybe Davis is saying Aristides Aquino won't listen to me, won't listen to Eric Davis. And I thought about that some more. And I think maybe that's really 
what Eric was trying to say. It's that Aristides Aquino has his own beliefs and his own hitting philosophies. And those are the things he's implementing. Those are the things he's doing. And he's not taking advantage of having guys around him that played this outfield position and played at a high level in the major leagues and implementing what they're trying to tell him to fix the problem. Cause I want to tell you whatever Aquino is doing, it is not working. And if you've got a guy like Eric Davis trying to help you and you're not willing to budge because you think you know better, well, one that just reeks of arrogance and, and he hasn't done anything to earn the right to be a little no. bit arrogant. So uh, I was, I, I think we've wondered for a long time what is going on with Aquino. And I think yesterday uh, Eric Davis pulled the curtain back just a little bit and it's probably the most damning thing that's been said publicly about Aristides Aquino in his entire Reds career Aristides Aquino having one good month three years ago does not give him the sort of clout to not listen to Eric Davis Eric Davis for many is on the Mount Rushmore of Cincinnati Reds players or at least right next to the Mount Rushmore of Cincinnati Reds players especially talent wise I mean you know we'll we could do a whole show about what his career could have been like had injuries not derailed it but when it comes to Eric Davis trying to help him out and whether or not you can say that he's made changes yeah the batting stance has changed but we're talking about a car that's engine hasn't been running correctly for years and it's like trying to slap a new coat of paint on it that's not going to fix the engine. Whatever it is that he does as an approach to an at bat has not changed in the three years since he's been called up because pitchers still pitch in the same hard inside and up and breaking balls low and away. And he can't hit it period. He can't lay off of it. He can't hit it. It has not changed. So whatever other changes he's making does nothing for me. I, I, I don't want to talk about the batting stance changes because at the end of the day, he's batting a buck 80 with a rated weighted runs created plus of something like 80% below league average. Like it's just, it's not enough. You know what it reminds me of, uh, it's a little bit of a stretch, but it reminds me of the movie A League of Their Own. There's a scene in that where Gina Davis's character is talking to Kit, and and she's telling her, lay off the high ones, and and Kit keeps yelling, but I like the high ones, but you can't hit them. It's the same kind of thing with Aries Aquino, I feel like, right now. They're like they're trying to tell him what to do to be better, and he's like, no, but I like doing it this way. That's It, it, it boggles my mind. I, I just don't get it, but I really – you know, I'm, I'm grateful for Eric Davis's candor during that yeah. conversation with Larkin and Sadak because it really, for me, kind of pointed us in a direction that at least makes sense about what's going on with Aquino and why he hasn't gotten any better at all over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, because between what he said and then I heard the other day on the television broadcast, Barry was saying that he is a guess hitter, which... Honestly, that is a veiled criticism. He's very much trying to not be critical of him, but at the same time, it's one of the worst things you can say about a hitter. He's literally guessing at what pitch is coming at him. And in the major leagues, that's not going to get it done. You have to change or else I don't know what you're doing up here. I know the big takeaway, Jeff, is probably we need more Jonathan Indias and less Aristides Aquino in the Reds lineup right now. I agree, Steve. I agree. And you know, Steve, let, let's switch from the lineup to the pitching because oh, after allowing to, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I'm telling you, the Reds have allowed 30 hits, 30, 30 hits in two games. 
And uh, it's got me wondering, and I think it's got you wondering as well, where do we draw the line with pitching? Uh, we'll explain what we're talking about coming up in just a moment. But whether or not you knew this, something else you may be unaware of is that the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver. The liver is responsible for getting rid of harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. Unfortunately, most of us have overworked livers, but now it's easy to rejuvenate your health and reignite your metabolism thanks to the Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. The Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting supernutrients to wake up a sluggish liver. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low energy all the time. And best of all, liver health formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. As a listener of our show, you can try liver health formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Curb Fit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it the perfect complement to liver health formula. Go to getleverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getleverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of Curb Fit. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB now to get started. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your first listen today. Coming up Friday, we will go live at the beginning of the Pirates-Reds game and take your questions. This is the opportunity for you to really get involved with us, whether we want to, you want to pose a question about what the Reds are going to do in the offseason, uh, what on earth is going on with uh, different roster moves and things like that. If you just want to talk some trash too, the show is yours on Friday and make sure you join us for a live episode. Uh, live episodes are a lot of fun, Steve, and I'm looking forward to uh, doing this one here on Friday, but also let's get back to uh, what's going on right now because the last couple of days, the pitching has been kind of bad. Okay, not kind of bad. They've given up 30 hits, Steve, 30 hits. And, you know, TJ Zoik, it's another rough start for him. I, I am appreciative of what he's bringing to the table for the Reds because this is an unenviable situation where the Reds are just shorthanded at the starting pitcher position, and they've got a call on a guy like TJ Zoik. And then you've also got Mike Miner, who the Reds are paying oodles of money to basically look like Eric Milton out there. Let's not get this twisted. The Reds have better options in the minor league than Zoik and some of the guys True. that they are throwing. They have made a decision to not add more rookies to the mix, and I get it. Listen, I'm not criticizing them for that. In fact, if, if we are really going to stay with this plan that they've implemented and execute it to its fullest, then I support what they're doing right now. They got to keep some guys back and stagger things. I get it. But what it means and, and, I, and I've had this, this nagging feeling. And when you threw this in the rundown, it kind of solidified it for me because I've had this nagging feeling that I couldn't quite put my finger on when these guys come up with their turns in the rotation. You know, Mike Miner is going to lose when he starts. They have yeah. surrendered that game. Uh, TJ Zoik is going to lose when they start him. They have surrendered that game. So, you know, for these turns in the rotation, it is clearly not about winning. It's about the repetitions for the other guys, things we've been talking about. 
But yeah. even though we've been saying it, the reality of it hitting me over the head, uh, it just made me uncomfortable for a little bit. But now that I've had time to process it and I have, you know, the, the stages of grief, I'm now in acceptance that <laughs> this is how it's going to be when a guy not named Ashcraft, a guy not named Lodolo is pitching. Uh, okay, I, I'm there. So what it means is in these games that are throwaways, why not pitch a Leo Lopez? Why not? Hell, run David Bell out there. I don't care. Uh, let's let's just make it as entertaining as possible. Well, if you're at acceptance, I think I'm at bargaining. Because at what point do we just run out Derek Johnson to do like some coach pitch? Because I, <laughs> I, I, I'm underhand it. Here you go. Just yeah. You're, all right. See if you can hit it. I mean, Derek Johnson. Um, you know, maybe maybe Todd Frazier's brother. I mean, he pitched pretty good there for Todd <laughs> Frazier during the home run derby. I that. that Maybe that's an option. We need to reach out to Chris Welsh. Is there a rule against just bringing out the jugs machine and just (laughs) bringing them over the plate? I mean, do they have to make a 40 man roster move to put the jug jug machine on the roster? (laughs) Yeah, I I just oh the jugs machine, maybe uh, a T or something, you know, get the defense some practice. I, I just I wonder because it feels like there are so many opportunities here where the lineup does something kind of like they did yesterday. They go back to back off Kyle Gibson, who really, for the most part, pitched a good game. And then the Reds just give it up. They've surrendered these types of games in the past. And like you said, like coming into it, we knew, I told you, take the over nine and a half. What happened? That over got destroyed. And that's just going to be the case when you've got Zoik and Miner on the mound this year. Yeah, it's 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 hard to because you, know, you and I, I mean, we both are probably way overly invested emotionally in this team, and <laughs> you know, it's it, it it's it's a good cautionary tale for our listeners, for me and you, that you can still enjoy this team for the things that we're excited about watching, and understand that there's going to be some things the rest of the way that we are not excited about watching, as far as guys like Minor, guys like Zoik, they're they're going to be there, they're going to perform poorly. Uh, but it gives us an opportunity to watch and see if Jose Barrero can get it together. It gives us an opportunity, like we talked about in the first segment, to see Jonathan India's bat continue to evolve. It gives us the opportunity to watch guys that we didn't expect to be anything, like Matt Reynolds, get more playing time and maybe play himself into being around another season. Uh, So there's stuff to watch. It's still exciting, but most of this rotation is not it right now. Yeah, the that that's been rough to see different probable starters. You're just like, oh boy, here we go. And you're right. There's moments. I mean, there were moments last night. That catch that Albert Almora had. Oh my gosh! And you knew with the bases loaded, okay, a guy's gonna tag up and score. That's fine. That should have been a double. Like probably. Well, I think a he saved three ball. runs. It could have been. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely beautiful play. And then in the ninth inning, Almora slid head first into first base. The Reds are down eight runs, and the man's like, I'm getting that single. I love to see that. That That's baseball. And I know it sucks that the Reds are down eight runs, and that, that single really doesn't do much for them, but that's fun to see, different little things like that. And, and sure, obviously we want to see the Reds win, but if they're going to get their brains beat in like this, at least there's going to still be some moments and some dudes that we're not going to normally see get the opportunity to play and be entertaining. Well, and it's great. Like, I think that's a great point. It's great that a lot of these veterans are are showing 
that they don't have quit in them. And I think that that is a, a positive. I think that's a testament to the coaching staff. It's a testament to the veterans on this team continuing to go out there and hustle the Kyle farmers and the Donovan Solano's and the Joey Votto's that are continuing to try and go out there and bust it regardless of what the score looks like. So, I mean, you know, Jeff, it's, <laughs> you know, someone has to start, <sighs> but come but on. Come on. <laughs> But listen, MLB Pipeline has updated their top 100 prospect rankings, Jeff. Uh, you and I are going to talk about that coming up and give our uh, unfiltered reactions to what we think about those rankings. There were a few surprises, at least in my mind. But before we get to that, I do want to get serious for just a minute. Uh, whether you're hanging out with some friends and, and you're putting back a few drinks or a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think uh, about calling for a ride, but then you're like, nah, I live close. I can get there. I can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you'll get pulled over anyway? Oh, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance could go up. You could lose your license. You could lose your job. You could total your car. You could kill someone. Everybody knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thanks for following the Locked on Reds podcast. You can follow us on all podcasting platforms, including YouTube. Click subscribe, click the bell, get ready because we are coming at you live on Friday show, 7 p.m. start time, right about the time the Reds are lining up for first pitch. We're going to be live. We're going to take your questions. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about. Your questions and comments are going to drive the show on Friday. So make a note, we're not going to be in your feed Friday morning because we are going live Friday night. Uh, make sure you are following us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. There's no Fs in that. Uh, the live feed will be available both on our YouTube feed and our Twitter feed. So make sure you are subscribed so you do not miss one single second. All right, Jeff, the prospect rankings have been updated. The Reds had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five prospects in the pipeline top 100. Where do you want to start? You're muted, my friend. <clears throat> yep. Mm. Right. And that's the key is that this is the MLB pipeline top 100. Everybody's kind of doing their own version of rankings. We're going to see a lot of different stuff, see a lot of different takes as to where people believe the Reds farm system lies. But we got to start with number one, because he just keeps on rising up the rankings. Ellie de la Cruz is setting the minor league baseball world on fire. Everybody knows that. I think in any like report scouting report that anybody writes about Ellie de la Cruz is he's the most exciting player in minor league baseball, which doesn't necessarily make him the top prospect, but I think people realize that he could be a huge game changer for the reds and they have him at number 15 in the MLB pipeline rankings. You know, 
the this this meteoric rise that Ellie De La Cruz has put on has not showed any signs of slowing down. People have been clamoring to get him to Louisville already, and I like that the Reds have resisted that temptation a little bit. I think you got to pull the reins back just a little bit and make sure he's solid. Make sure you don't move him into a position where all of a sudden the success goes away and and the narrative changes. I like what he's been able to do. I like how he's been able to dominate. I like how he brings every tool imaginable into a baseball game right now and sometimes just makes the other team look silly. He is so much fun to watch. He does so many exciting things. And I think, you know, given the way the Reds have advanced him, we will see him at AAA next season with an outside shot to make an appearance in Cincinnati if he continues to progress as he has so far. He's just absolutely doing everything right. Whether you're talking about hitting, fielding, base running, uh, throwing, everything. And the different highlights that we've had, whether it's the inside the park home run where he took advantage of a slow relay and broke from third to home and the time that it took the cutoff man to throw the ball into the shortstop, like just different things like that. It feels like he is on another plane of existence from most baseball players who are working throughout the minor league. So I'm very excited to see where he ends up this year, because when you look at the lookout schedule compared to the Louisville bats schedule, I believe that there's actually a little bit of difference. You might be able to see him at least for a couple of games. It won't be for enough to be like, Oh no, that's going to be a whole lot there for them to figure out. Maybe he can be on the opening day roster in major league baseball. That's not the case. And actually, I just looked at it. They both end at the same time. So we'll probably see him begin in a year um, in AAA next year. But yes, he has absolutely. And to Jeff Rantley's point that I keep going back to, I don't think that he has really ran into a wall just yet because even his first couple of games in Chattanooga, sure, the numbers didn't look amazing, but he was still doing amazing things. And now the numbers have caught back up and he's absolutely just killing the ball. Oh, he adjusted very, very quickly. And I love that you brought up that play, the rope-a-dope on the relay, because yeah. you know it's, it's one of the tools that he possesses that we don't talk enough about. And that is he is just smart. He has baseball smarts. He knows how to read what everybody on the field is doing and capitalize on it and take advantage of it and use it to his advantage. And that's the kind of ball. That's a ball player. We keep talking about yeah. that word and, and, and throwing it around and what it means. He's a ball player. And I just, I can't wait to see how he continues to progress over the next calendar year. Uh, because he's still growing. I mean, he's very young. He's not filled out yet. Uh, he's going to be, He's going to be just a beast. I can't wait. I'm I'm probably as excited about him as I have ever been about a Reds prospect. And, yeah. and there have been some good ones over the years. And, and he just continues to, every time you think you've seen it all, he does something else that leaves you scratching your head with your mouth hanging open going, how do you do that? Right. And yeah, he's got the sixth tool, which is something I don't typically have all right the next guy is somebody that different rankings different prospect prognosticators will kind of disagree on depending on who you look at because in the MLB pipeline the Reds have another top 20 prospect this dude coming in at number 18 I had lost my list there for a minute uh number 18 is Noel V Marte in fact I've seen some takes that the Mariners trade for Luis Castillo that Edwin Arroyo was actually the headliner and not Noel V Marte I'm here to say that I'm very excited to see what Noel V. Marte is going to do in a Reds uniform. MLB pipeline reflects that putting him in the top 20. 
Oh, he's another one, and I'm still kind of getting a feel for him. I've been trying to watch a little bit of the feeds uh, from down there in Dayton just to kind of get an idea of of what he's bringing to the table. But what I've seen so far, he's another guy to be very, very excited about. And I love the fact that we've got so many good players that we can have these arguments about where do they fall in the rankings. And you can start to compare some of the sources, if you're talking about Pipeline or Baseball America or, or RedsMinorLeagues.com. And, and see just the differences and the nuance to that. But the fact that there's so many guys to discuss and so many guys that can push each other and play off of each other and, and give us a kind of a glimpse at what the future could be in Cincinnati. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. We're, we're talking about who's the best. We're not squinting at who maybe can make it. No, we're talking about guys that have legitimate talent. I mean, Noel V. Marte, the bat is just Oh yeah. Like whenever you watch highlights of him and I'm very excited to see how that plays out. They say defensively, he's probably not a shortstop, but look, if he was drafted as a shortstop and played most of his minor leagues career as a shortstop, that still tells me that he can pretty much play anywhere else on the infield and you're going to be okay with his defense. Maybe he's a second baseman. Maybe he's a third baseman. Maybe you slot him in the corner outfield, but you get that bat in the lineup. You're going to be happy about it. Absolutely, Jeff. And, you know, you mentioned you mentioned another guy and we're running out of fast running out of time. I get so excited when we talk about these prospects. But you mentioned another guy in Edwin Arroyo and the the rankings here. So we go from number 18 with Marte. We jump all the way down to 55 and you get Edwin Arroyo. uh, And that's in all of baseball right now, according to MLB Pipeline. But I don't see that the ranking is that big of a fall off. This is just another just amazingly talented individual that came over by trade that I think is really, uh, you could argue should be ranked higher than he is. Well, and I think too, that it's, it's important to note that rankings are fun right now, but like there's a certain point in a guy's career where we stop worrying about where he was ranked. This is kind of like the same thing with football. Like whether a guy is in the Heisman Trophy race or not, nobody cares what star ranking he was whenever he was a recruit. If the Reds get a guy that's going to be in the rookie of the year rankings like Jonathan India was, did we worry about what number ranking he was in the prospect system? No. Like uh, at the end of the day, this is a lot of fun to see right now. And you kind of see where other people deem the quality of the Reds farm system, which is something that Nick Cross set out to improve throughout the trade deadline. This is just more proof that he accomplished that. And the next guy too, not necessarily coming from trade, but from the draft. And in fact, if you ask Doug, Cam Collier is the second best prospect in the Reds farm system. According to MLB pipeline, he's the um, fourth best, but he comes in at number 63 in the top 100, a kid who's not even 18 yet, Steve, and he's already in the top 100. That is exciting. You know, he did, he has a very interesting trajectory and he, he did some things that are outside of the norm. Uh, Most people, don't do it this way. And many may not realize that cam did it this way, but he skipped his senior year of high school and enrolled in community college in order to play against older talent and push himself further faster. And the fact that he was able to do that and find so much success, 
it's it's a I keep saying the word exciting, Jeff. I'm really jazzed about these prospects. It's it's really uh, a, a testament to the Reds and their scouting and the work that they put in to go out and identify players and know that they could actually get Cam and sign Cam and that he was going to follow them in this draft. I think they did a tremendous job this year on the draft and getting very talented players. And and Cam is the prime number one example of that. And rounding out the top 100 red or top the the fifth red in the top 100 according to MLB Pipeline, Matt McClain. He comes in at number 76. The dude who I I think might have an outside shot at being on the opening day roster, Steve. Depending on you know how his how his spring training goes, how his workouts go, who's on the roster with him. As spring training begins, he could be on this roster opening day 2023. I think you're absolutely right. And a little bit of breaking news for you and our listeners. You keep seeing me looking down. I'm on my phone with the one and only Matt McLean right now. We're going to be talking to him this week. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, just confirming the details with Matt. I'm excited about this guy. I think he's in a window right now, Jeff, where the other shortstop prospects that are coming up behind him aren't quite as far along as he is. There may be an opening at the big league level that he could slide into mm-hmm. if Jose Barrero doesn't get his act together and get it together fast. There is an opportunity for Matt, and I'm going to talk to him about this, to be able to slide in there and solidify himself before the other other guys even enter into the conversation and it's going to be a great talk and I'm really looking forward to it because I think we're going to be able to kind of get a feel we speculate all the time what it's like for these prospects to to see that another shortstop is brought in and another one and another one and another one and I want to find out what the impact of that is and another one no that's exciting and hey there's that word again exciting because I know that you've been working on that trying to see if he could uh come on for a lefty in the bullpen a nice extended long interview that you'll be able to listen to and watch on YouTube and in your audio feed as Steve talks with Matt McLean and kind of gets the inside scoop as to what's going on with him during his development but it's exciting we have prospect updated rankings we are going to bring those rankings as they come out you know baseball America is going to have them we're going to talk to Doug about his we're going to get Tom Nichols inside point of view on the guys that he's seen this year because he's seen so many dudes come through Dayton and he's there's another couple of guys that are currently in Dayton like Noel V Marte and Chase Petty that are setting the world on fire and for Jay the Allen just got there also and Jay Allen just got up there as well so we've got a lot to talk about when it comes to the exciting future that look I know people are just like I'm tired of talking about prospects let's talk about now but look this has been and might even be a better farm system for the Red Legs since 2008, whenever everybody was so excited about Joey Votto, Jay Bruce, and, and all the guys that came up then. And we know what happened then. There were a couple of division titles in that, in that group. So let's see what happens here. But Steve, I think that that is a great place to end today's podcast. Man, I'm, I'm really excited. We should probably like start recording now or something. Oh, yeah, we have been doing that. Anyway, this has been a great a great episode. Thank you so much for uh, checking us out. If this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed. That way you don't miss anything that we've got coming for you because we got a lot coming for you. Tomorrow, Connor Thomas from Locked On Phillies will join us. I'm sure he's going to gloat because he's got a lot to gloat about. The Phillies have been really good. But we're going to break down this series and 
get his feelings on Nick Castellanos as a Philly, because I know that they've not been as kind as when he was a red, but we'll talk about that and more on tomorrow's episode and Friday, the live episode, 7 PM Eastern time. Make sure you join us on the YouTube channel. We are going to take your questions. We're going to take your comments. We're going to have a lot of fun. Just talking reds baseball live Friday, 7 PM Eastern time. Now, Go check out Locked On MLB. Sully's got you covered league-wide with his unique perspective and lots of humor as well as he looks around the major leagues, both present and past, on the Locked On MLB podcast. That's just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, the future is bright. The present might be a little bit bleak, but there's still plenty of opportunity for some guys to make a name for themselves. So what's that mean for you and me? That means that you and I are going to be locked in on what's happening on the majors we're going to be locked in on what's going on in the minors because you and i we are locked on reds every single day